M19, new Cowboy Commander rules, Battle Bomb pulls, and Global Series. Unearthed Arcana and random NPCs. And we review Recoil and Boss Monster, and finally something arrives. All this and more in this episode of YSNPG. Welcome to episode 29 of You Shall Not Pass Go. We are your hosts, Dave and Jengis. And we are hosted on geekade.com. What's your geek? M19 came out, sort of, not really. I mean, it's not out. It's more not reviewing out, but this, we but know we know all of the cards. <laughs> so, uh, meaty. This is a corset worth buying. It's a corset. <laughs> I mean, it is, but it's not like most corsets I always I was on the fringe of. And, like, I didn't, like, buy sometimes because, like, yeah, there's a couple cool new cards and maybe one reprint. But I'm like, what do I really want this set? And I've regretted that often. I've learned to just buy the core set. But I wouldn't have even needed convincing with this one. But, like, I'll give you an example. Like, the other day, um, a deck hit the internet because of some other podcast or show or something. One of my students told me about it, actually. Okay. And it was about a commander deck tech of using... Shadowborn Apostles, I think is the name of the card. Oh, yes. I remember you talking to me about this. Yeah, and how it's like you can have as... On the card, it says you can have as many of them as you want in a deck. If you sacrifice six of them, search your deck for any demon and put it into play. Yeah. Um. So the deck revolves around like 30 or 40 of these things and then win demons. A blood sacrifice. It's, it's actually awesome. And then there's ways to like recur the demons back. There's ways to make them free. Um... There's a cleric, an uncommon cleric. I think it's from Scourge or some old set. I can't quite remember when. Um, but it like it discounts the costs of other clerics. Oh, really? Yeah, but unlike most discounts where it's like generic mana, it discounts one black and one white from how, any cleric spell you play. How convenient. And it was an uncommon. And I was like, I can't believe this card was printed. Shadowborn Apostles, one black. It, it was definitely printed. Like It was like one of those things. Like, eh, no one's ever going to use this uh, thing. Yeah, who plays clerics? <laughs> anyway, so if you have that out, those things are free. That's funny. Yeah, and then it's just, the deck gets more ridiculous from there. But my point, I bring this up not because of how ridiculous that deck is, or the fact that I would love to build it if Shadowborn Apostle hadn't become like a $5 card overnight because of that stupid video. Um... I bring this up because the reason I only have like one Shadowborn Apostle to my name is because you didn't buy the corset. I didn't buy that corset. It was like <laughs> M14 or something. And I was like, I've had enough of corsets. There's no cards in here I'll ever want. Well, you here got me, is. wizards. <laughs> you got me. I mean, um, but like you said, this is a meaty corset. It is. And it's got lore. It, it's all kinds of It's got lore goodies. out the butt. So where do we start? It's got retcons. Let's start with some. Let's <laughs> start with two really notable reprints. Crucible of Worlds, oh, yeah, which was like, and uh, Scapeshift. Oh, I thought you were going to say uh, Blood Artist. <laughs> no, no, forget about Blood Artist. Scapeshift, man. Scapeshift is back as a mythic, which makes sense considering how well played it is in modern. Um, if you didn't know, Jengist, Scapeshift is a staple in the Valcut um, deck in modern. I'll be honest, I looked at this card and I didn't really see the value right away. Until I just mentioned Valcut? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So it's, it's, it is it's the win card in a Valcut deck. Um, that's just like 
it's just all hands become Valcut mountains. You know what I mean? And they all drop simultaneously and deal stupid amounts of damage. Yeah. Um, so I think it's like a $25 card. Um, it's a rare from Morning Tide. Oh. Um, so getting reprinted as a mythic is a smart idea to increase the rarity um, to keep the the price of the card. But I'm sure there'll be a quick dip in it for a little while and then I'm sure it'll pack back up again. Of course. Um, but, as cards do. Yeah. But I would. But those are already those two reprints. I was $18. like. $18. Okay. So it already dipped. Because mm. um, I think when I checked, I think it was 23 ish. Um, but anyway. So then again, this is goldfish. I know that is true. Like goldfish, no, yeah, MTG stocks all the way. <laughs> um, anyway, so those are the notable reprints. Now let's shift gears. There's a whole bunch of new cards in this. Set. Yeah. Well, first let's talk about the non Jace inspired planeswalkers of the set. We didn't get a new Jace, and I was so excited. No Jace. So let's talk about each color. Uh, okay. We'll go back and forth here. So, Jengis, who's the white planeswalker of the deck? Well, Johnny's back. Holy shit. Johnny, <laughs> adversary of tyrants. He's pure white, you say? Yes, he is. He dropped his green? It's almost as if all the... Well, not all, but... The the main plane there's one planeswalker for each color. There is. How about that? Uh, and then they chose a Johnny. Mm-hmm. And what is the what is the end part of his name? Uh, adversary of tyrants. Interesting. I wonder what tyrant they could be talking about. Who find out in a little, little bit. We'll find out. Anyway, <laughs> uh, what's a Johnny do? A Johnny, uh, two white, two colorless. Plus one, put a plus one, plus one counter on each of up to two target creatures. A good little boost. That's a general. That's a pretty Johnny ability. His minus two is return target creature card with converted mana cost two or less from your graveyard to the battlefield. That's a new one that we haven't really seen before, mm-hmm. um, but definitely fits his style of like bringing back his 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 followers, his his soldiers. And then his minus seven, his ult is you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step, create three one one white cat creature uh, creature tokens with lifelink. All of the kitties, mm-hmm. and he starts with four loyalty. So it was a four cost for four, and it does take him a bit to get his alt, but he he makes he makes his he should make blockers beefier to prevent things from getting through generally. Mm-hmm. Um, so David, what is the blue planeswalker? Well, holy shit, it's Tezzeret. Oh, Tezzeret, like Tezzeret. He's back. He's getting more and He's more. He's getting more and more <laughs> ethereum as we speak. Yeah, there's not much humanity left in him. But I think he's alive. He doesn't look like a zombie anymore. No. So I think he's like actually... But the question is, is he free of Bolas's control? No. Yeah. <laughs> so Tezzeret Artifice, uh, Artifice Master. He's uh, two blue and three of any. Comes in with five LLT. His plus one is create a 1-1 one, one colorless Thopter artifact creature token with flying as 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 he does uh his zero is draw a card if you control three or more artifacts draw two cards instead that's ridiculous that's nice i don't think he'll see any play in any anything he's too expensive too too slow for most what i would assume i mean affinity would be the deck to put him in mm. but he's way too slow for affinity yeah so i mean commander play in an artifact deck 100 percent, 100 percent. um but any other any other format debatable um maybe in standard maybe uh, you get and his minus nine is you get an emblem with at the beginning of your end step. Search your library for a permanent card, and put it onto the battlefield. Shuffle your library. That's an interesting one because it pretty much ties into lore. Uh, because in the lore, uh, Tezzeret absorb he takes unto him the planar bridge. So oh hey, 
So, I know that card. So that's why he gets that ability is because he's essentially, he can pull anything from a plane and bring it to another plane. And that's why he has that. Oh, I wonder why he'd want to do that. Oh, Let's find out. Anyway, <laughs> who is the red planeswalker? Well, it's my or bo- black, excuse me. Uh, okay. Black planeswalker. <laughs> Uh, it's Liliana, untouched by death. Mm-hmm. You know, I kind of hope we get a different Black Planeswalker. Yeah, soon. you're getting Jace fatigue on Lily. There's a bit of Jace fatigue there. Yeah. We have seen a bit of Lily. I mean, it's been. I mean, Johnny's nice because flip flop. You know, Gideon mm-hmm. flips in and he flips out. So yeah, yeah word. I, I feel that yeah. Lily has been sort of the black staple though for a Pretty while. Much. It'd be nice to see something Fact, different. When has a Black Planeswalker in a in like a set that wasn't Commander specialty? Um, what's Not his face? Ben Lily. Uh, Soren. Yeah. Soren Markov. And the other one, Obnixilis. No, I'm pretty sure his planeswalker was commander only. Oh, I didn't know that. It, no. was, it was the one that can become the commander. Oh, well, then yeah, Soren. I think Soren is the only other mono black planeswalker. There's a, there has to be another mono black. I'm going to check right now while you describe what happens to Lily. Okay. Uh, two black, two colorless. Uh, Plus one, put the top three cards of your library into the graveyard. If at least one of them is a zombie card, each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. Um, that's, you know, I, I like that. That's very flavorful, Lily. You know, she's she's all about, like, digging up zombies, you know? that's And that's pretty much what you're doing. Uh, minus two, target creature gets minus X, minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of zombies control. Uh, it can be a pretty powerful kill um, if you have a ton of zombies. If you don't, then... It, it couldn't be much, um, but still, it's it's nice. And then her minus three, uh, which is her ult, is, is you may cast zombie cards from your graveyard on this turn. Um, and that's, you know, that's, it's very cheap. She starts at four loyalty, so you could pull it off on the moment she comes into play. So that's pretty good. That gives her a bit of an edge over the other ones because she can use that ability right away. Granted, it's only for that turn, but... You know, still no Lily of the Veil. No, no, but, it's not. But pretty good. But this is a also, core set. <laughs> also, you, you were correct. There was an Obnixilis that was from Battle for Zendikar. I did it. Obnixilis reignited. <laughs> um, but yeah, that Sorn. And but the thing is, that we've only seen seen those guys like once as mono black. You it's know what true. I mean? It's just I don't know. It just strikes me as weird that it's always Lily. I mean, I feel like Lily. Lily may or may not make it out of like the big fight. Uh, to come, you know, like I feel like she'll survive forever. I guess they would never kill Lily. Um, Lily is Jace's like counterpart, but thankfully, we get a bit of a mix up in the next color. What's the red planeswalker, Dave? Hey, because you know, there's not like we've had like a thousand red planeswalkers, which we have. Because let us not forget about Tybalt and Koth and the new Jaya and every Chandra we've ever had. But, yes, we have a brand new Red Planeswalker. Not brand new. But he's not new. <laughs> it's Sarkin. Yay. Yay. Mono Red Sarkin. The last time he was printed, he was also Mono Red. He was the, like, crazy Sarkin Dragon Lord. He was the, and, the Sarkin Reborn. And I think oh. his name was Dragon Lord. Well, no, he also got a Sarkin Reborn after that. That's when they changed the timelines, and he, be, he became red-blue uh, green, I think, or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, and he was like, yeah. 
Yeah. I remember that Sarkin. Mm-hmm. Also Dragon Sarkin. Well, this is Sarkin Fireblood. He's three, two red and one of anything. He comes in with three loyalty. Yeah, plus one is you may discard a card if you do draw a card. He has a second plus one. Add two mana in any combination of colors. Spend it to only cast dragon spells. That's not bad. And then his minus seven is create four, five, five red dragon creature tokens with flying, which is a very Sarkin ability. Is it really worth the ultimate? No, but hey, if you're playing a dragon deck and you want a quick mana ramp for your dragons, Sarkin's the way to do it. I mean, it's, true. it's, not, it's not too bad. Not bad at all. Um, especially because it's it's versatile in any dragon deck that plays red because mm-hmm. the mana will give you any colors you need. Um, so it's interesting. Um, it lets you cycle too yeah. through, through your cards. Yeah. And... The Greens Planeswalker. It's not Garuk, but it might as well should be. Tell us about it, Jengis. <laughs> it might as well should be. It's almost as if they don't know what to do with Garuk anymore. It's like, let's make a new one. Let's make Garuk. <laughs> let's make Landfill too. <laughs> <laughs> but she's actually a really nice card. Um, Vivian Reed, I believe. I'm probably pronouncing that last name wrong. No, but... I think it's Reed. Okay, Vivian Reed. It's definitely not Ride. Yeah, I was thinking like Raid. No, it's like... Reed. Okay, three colors, two green. She's she's a costly one, as many green a things are. A black woman planeswalker. <laughs> Look at wizards. Look at what they're doing. A person Good for you. of color. Um, so her plus one is wordy. Let me zoom. <laughs> plus one. Look at the top four cards of your library. You may reveal a creature or land card from among them and put it into your hand. And then put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. Uh, well, that's pretty good. I, I like that. That kind of makes her kind of like a tracker, I would say. Uh, like she's some sort of a garuk. Kind of. Weird. Um, she's looking for things and she brings them out. Doesn't put them onto the battlefield, so it's not super powerful. But it's nice to get filter your deck a bit more. Sure. Um, minus three, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or creature with flying. Hey, hey, hey Green really likes that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> especially because she can do it uh, when she comes out because her loyalty starts at five. So if you need it, you got an instant it's kill. There. It's yeah. a very expensive instant kill, but at least it's there. We um, call it instant. So technically, sorcery. Speed. This is true. It is sorcery. I mean, you re- you retain priority, so you're going to get the ability off. Yeah, but, but she it, may be killed afterwards. Right. Uh, and in her minus eight is you, which is big. Is you get an emblem with creatures you control have plus two plus two and have vigilance, trample, and indestructible. Damn, and indestructible is not one you get very easily. That's an emblem. Yeah, that is a, a nice emblem. That I is like definitely that. a commander green creature staple card. It's true. I hope she shows up more going forward. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> you gonna put one in dragons? You think? Uh, I mean, Sarkin has to go in your dragon deck. Yeah, it, when I make a dragon deck. Yeah. Um, I think she would be pretty good in Dinosaur. Yeah? Yeah. That would be bad. More, yeah. Just more creature. You could also put her in Prosh. Mm, not really. Why not? I, I mean, I always I mean, her first like, ability will let you land. It's true. Her second ability is removal. And her third ability makes all those tokens you're generating But she's not beefed. like... She's She's... It just doesn't feel like doesn't feel right. Doesn't feel right for Prosh. Prosh is really like token all generating. Things feed into Prosh some way. <laughs> like Prosh is the top of the food chain, and everything does things for Prosh. Okay, I feel like this kind of takes away from that. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> uh, but definitely dinosaurs. But hey, guess what? There's one more Planeswalker in this set. It's true. And this is the card that I was just like, really, we're doing this? Okay, we're doing this. There's a Transform card in this set. Transform's back, y'all. Not just any Transform. It's Nicol Bolas, the Ravager. 
Nicol Bolas the Ravager. He is a four drop, Grixis and, and one of anything, and he's a four four flyer. When he enters the battlefield, each opponent discards a card. But then, if you have uh, seven mana, Grixis and four, you exile him and transform him. You can only do it anytime you can do a sorcery, though. When he transforms, he becomes his planeswalker self. Nickel Bolas, the Arisen, which has really fucking cool looking art of Nickel Bolas on it. It does. Um, like really badass looking art. And he has another four ability Bolas, because I guess that's just what he is now. He has seven loyalty. It's his, really annoying to me. His, I'll be honest. <laughs> like it really like angers me at points where I'm like, I really wish they would do something like this for another card or a different planeswalker, one who maybe shares more colors than I enjoy. Like it really just like come on. I mean, hey, it's cool. Um, I know it's cool. It's his, flavorful. It's awesome. <laughs> um, his plus two is draw two cards. Great. His minus three is he deals ten damage to target creature or planeswalker. His minus four is put target creature or planeswalker card from the graveyard onto the battlefield under your control from um, from a graveyard, not just yours. And his minus 12 is exile all but the bottom card of target player's <laughs> like, library. Seriously. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah, Especially I mean, in a deck that can give you more loyalty counters. Okay, but I mean, like, honestly, though, like, is he going to go in my Planeswalker deck? I'm going to try and find a space for him. <laughs> but, like, let's think about this logically. He begins he as a time. creature. He takes time. He yes. begins as a creature. And even if you get the mana to transform him, it has to be on your turn at sorcery speed. So the odds of transforming this this card and then getting the loyalty off are like slim to none. Honestly, I actually think it's a pretty bad card. Um, I'm not sure if... Do you know... Do you remember in the Innistrad sets, was there a card that said like transform target creature you control? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. So I guess maybe if you're playing with the specific intent... Of transforming Bolas at a cheaper level. If you built like a sixty card deck around it, maybe. I mean, he's still pretty good. I yeah, mean, even but a like, four four flyer. He's pretty good in. Bo- he's a. I mean, he's more than a flyer. He also has an enter the, the battlefield I, effect. The moment I get seven mana, someone's gonna either pop him or just wipe. You know what I mean? Like you, it, it'll I mean, never. Like, it'll never get to the point. I think where I'll be able to transform him unless unless I already have the battlefield locked. In which case. It's just self masturbation at this point to to play the card. Like I, I don't know. It just to me, it it almost just feels like it's too difficult to transform him, and there's just too many ways to stop it. I would say if there was, if it was any other, it was any other form, like it was any other set of the previous ones we've had. I would say he would have had a chance, especially if it was Ixalan. If it came out in Ixalan, yes. He would, you would get that ability off if you played, you build the deck around it. If you build your deck turtly enough, which you can, especially with those colors. But like what I'm saying is, is like, oh no, I agree with you. You have in to build set, the deck around Bolas. He is not going to be that viable, but especially because even in Commander, he's not really that viable yeah. unless you, unless, uh, unless he is your Commander and you've built the deck around him. I suppose so. Um. He's still pretty beefy. I mean, like... I don't know. I, like, he's definitely like, a threat. Here's, here's like, my issue. My issue is I feel like it's too hard to flip him. I Don't get me you, wrong. You I love to, the card. You have to protect him. You have to, you have to spend time to protect him just to flip him. And then the problem I have is that when you do flip him, you still have time before you can pop ultimate. Like, in my opinion, what they should have done is they should have made it so... I mean, granted, maybe it's asking too much, but I would have said he comes in with, like, 11 loyalty. So you only have to do one ability 
of, you know, like you have to do like one ability. Yeah. And then, I don't know, like. No, I understand what you're saying. You know what I mean? Like it just, you, you still have to do, to get his ultimate off, you still have to go, hold on, one, two, three. It's at least four turns of, of Planeswalker version of him out. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, I mean, his abilities are pretty still pretty strong, even regardless. Um, drawing cards is always nice. Yeah, I know. But um, like, come on. You, you've yeah, spent, like you've you spent said, seven not, mana just to draw be, two cards. He's going to be questionable. He might not even be. I mean, like, it's, it'd be hard, I'd be hard-pressed to say in a draft environment, would I keep him? In a draft environment, I would. Because in limited, a 4-4 flyer is still a 4-4 flyer. I don't flyer. know, given the cards that are have been reprinted in this set. I don't know. I'd probably There's keep him. There's a lot of burn. I, I'd There's keep him. There's a lot of control. I'd keep him. I'd keep him. In, in limited, I, I'd play him. I don't know if I'd ever get the transform off. He dies to the green planeswalkers, like, minus three, like, immediately. Well, I I know. Yeah, but, but I mean, like, like that's, that's, I know. Like, that's any dragon. It's true. It's not just Nicol Bolas. There's a whole bunch of them it's in any here. It's any dragon, yeah. Which, speaking of which, it wasn't just Nicol Bolas they printed a new one of. They printed all of the original Elder Dragons. Um, which is ridiculous. <laughs> right. Um, they printed Arcades, who I think is probably, or Arcades, however it would be said, the strategist. Um, they're not all Planeswalkers. The rest of them are just legendary creature Elder Dragons. Um, but I think Arcades or Arcades is probably the best one, that, in my opinion. Um, but it's who's who's to say? Um He's bent plus one, so already low casting what's cost. The, what's the tree uh, commander that makes defenders? Doran? Yeah, he's like Doran, but a dragon. Yeah, but better. <laughs> yeah. He's better, though. Um, he's a 3-5. He has flying and vigilance. When a creature enters with defender um, under your control, you draw a card, and each creature with uh, with defender assigns combat damage equal to its toughness and can attack as though it didn't have defenders. So he mobilizes defenders. You draw advantage from defenders, but he's already a 3-5 flying vigilant dragon for four. Um, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. You want to talk agree. about Chromium? Sure. Chromium the Mutable. A uh, bit more expensive at four colorless, one white, one blue, one black. Uh, flash... And this spell can't be countered. Flying, and then the ability... 7-7. Seven, 7-7. Seven. Seven, seven, and the ability to discard a card, and then until end of turn, Chromium the Mutable becomes a human with pay, base power toughness 1-1, one, one, loses all abilities, and gains hexproof. It can't be blocked this turn. So essentially, you could it's, it's a, a form of evasion. It's not the best, but I mean, it's still a form of evasion that will help you keep them alive. Right. Someone's coming for spot removal for you. You can discard a card. Discard a card. Hexproof. Someone is trying to block you. You can make them unblockable. Right. Yeah. I don't think the damage would go through, but I think he wouldn't be. I don't know how that would work. I mean, he can't be blocked, so you would still you would, you would just would have to pump him some other way. Well, it's not about pump. The idea is like, let's say I'm, I'm like. Okay, I swing with my seven-seven flyer, and yeah. all of a sudden, somehow you got out a ten-ten eating the flyer. I can. You just shrink. Wasn't expecting it. Ant Man's. If he you goes right underneath your legs. If you might have oked, <laughs> you, you let's just say you might have oked something. Yeah, a combat trick, and I wasn't expecting. I can just discard to. So he has some form of evasion. Still dies to you know a wrath or something. Um, but, anything that's going to destroy mass. Um, but honestly, though, not bad. Not bad. 20 hits in commander, 21 hits in commander. And I mean, that's a, that's the other thing you have to realize is like, it's like if, you know, that's an unblockable commander right there. 
It's true. It's a one one on Blackwell Commander, but if you you if you were to pump him up, like it's a pretty good commander. Yeah. And he's and he's coming out. Like they can't <laughs> counter him. Can't counter him. And he's coming out flash. It's not so, a bad commander. Set him a turn and yeah. then put him in. Someone puts up a blocker. You start chipping away. Maybe you kill that blocker, uh, especially because you're white, blue, black. You know, yep. like I like it. Next, I'm going to talk about Palladium Moors, the Ruiner. You, know, uh, you don't want to talk about Nickel Bulls again? No. <laughs> um, who is Naya and three, and is a 6-6 six, six flying vigilant trample, and it uh, has hexproof if it hasn't dealt damage yet. Weird? It's very weird, and I think it requires, like, explanation. Six for a 6-6 six, six with flying vigilance and trample is okay, with the addition of semi-hexproof, not bad. Not bad. It like it doesn't say this turn, so it's like, it's like, sh- like, like in like, uh, Hearthstone. Like it's got like you know uh, what's the well because Ooh. there are ways for creatures to deal damage off turn. It's true, like it's by true. blocking. If you block with him, it's going to deal damage and it would lose its hexproof. So you I can't- just wish like. And then uh, the other thing you can't... I mean, in addition to blocking off turn, there's also cards like Soul's Fire, which, you know, or a fight card, which it would fight a creature and deal damage. So it doesn't have to be on turn. It's just if it hasn't dealt damage this turn. You're right. Yeah. And then All right, Jengis, finish got, it off with your favorite colors. You're jund. <laughs> Thank you. The Victus Asmadi, the Dire. Um, jund, three colorless. 6-6, uh, six, six, flying. Whenever Vivictus Asmati, the Dire, attacks for each player, choose target permanent that player controls. That player, Those players sacrifice that permanent, and then each player who sacrificed a permanent this way reveals the top card of their library and puts it in the battlefield if it's a permanent card. So it's kind of group huggy. It's a weird, like, chaos warp is yeah. what it is. It's chaos warp, but instead of shuffling the card back in, they have to sacrifice it. They also have to choose their own permanent. So, like, if I chose you and you're playing Prosh, you're just like, okay, I'm going to derp this token, and instead I'm going to get doubling season. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I mean, it's a good way to, like, kill a very annoying threat and then possibly gamble for something less annoying. Like, if you know someone's deck revolves around a certain combo piece, you can be like, gone. Oh, you get to choose the permanent. You choose. My bad. So, okay, so it's, so it's slightly better than what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. But even um, still, it, I mean, it could, it could it could bite you in the ass. You have to choose. But you can start killing lands, too. Yeah. Um, so you can, like, you can really hurt someone with this card. Uh, so it's pretty wild. Yeah. Um, and I think the last, uh, the last thing I'm probably going to talk about in this set, um, another interesting reprint, Reliquary Tower. Yeah, it's back. It's back. And considering it's a $5 uncommon, or was the last time I checked, like, wouldn't be bad to. I mean, its price is going to drop, and I, I could always use more. Reliquary Tower is a staple in every commander deck I own. I just never see a downside to putting it in. It's true. It, it sucks that it's a colorless mana, but at the same time, it's uncommon. Which it's is nice. it is it is it's still a land. It's better than Spellbook. Spellbook is a zero drop artifact, gives you you know Mac no maximum hand size. Reliquary does the same thing and provides a mana. Like I really just don't see a downside in. A format where there's a good chance you're going to max out your hand size at some point. Like, Commander's so unpredictable. If someone's playing a draw deck, like, I just never see the downside to a Reliquary Tower and Commander. Mm-hmm. Um, so, highly can't wait. I actually really want the promo version. One of the upcoming, I forget whether oh, really? it's Game Day or FNM, but they're going to have a foil, really alternate art, nice Reliquary Tower. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, I can get behind this. Speaking of 
random promos. Did you see Nexus of Fate? Yeah, you mean the buy a box promo? Yeah, which really which bothers they, me because I still, bought a box, but I'm sure I'm not going to get a copy of it. Why? Because I bought it online, and I feel oh. like I never get. If you don't go to the store, like you don't yeah, get the buy a box promo. They're, they're pushing people to do uh, brick and mortars. Because I of that. know, and I'm really and upset. They're, it's they're an extra not, turn card, a really still, good one. They're still not changing that policy. Yeah, man. man. It's still very controversial. People still hate it. <laughs> Man, I didn't but care I guess so not much. Enough people hate it that they don't care to change it. The Dominaria Boros Minotaurs didn't really bother me. I was like, eh, whatever, okay, fine. But this Nexus of Fate card, I want it. And I looked online and it's like already selling at $30 a pop. And I'm just like, eh, I don't really want to spend $30. Um, anyway, there's a lot more cards you can check out on M19. Those are just some of the ones that we wanted to talk about. That's right, people. If you go to your stores and buy boxes, you get value. Yeah. You buy value that will only increase in time. Yeah. <laughs> so um, please go. We do, you know, despite what we're saying, as you know, if you've listened, we support all brick and mortar stores. Please go to visit your local game shop. Give them your business. Go often. Go to Friday Night Magics. Go play board games. Just give business to your local hobby shop. Um because they need it. They really do. It's the same business. It's true. Um, moving it's on. True. Uh, next, we're going to talk about our Cowboy Commanders. So it's true. It's I been a while since phone. we've discussed our uh, Cowboy Commander set um, and how that's going, which I do. I would like eventually to. I mean, I don't know what the legalities of it would be, considering we're kind of like, um, you know, maybe. I don't know. How do I say it? jacked the game bang like, <laughs> um, we, it's more of an homage yeah i mean so we'd have to change i'm pretty sure we'd have to at least if we ever released it to like the public we'd probably have to i assume at least change the setting it couldn't be cowboy yeah, it could not be cowboy it would have to be something Some magical yeah and wonderful and the rules could be similar or you know the, pretty much the same but like with just different roles the fact that we have the exact roles in bang i feel like limits us but anyway ladies and gentlemen i would love to release this for you know for free just like original commander was and just like many other variants are just build a website for it and people come and look and play and enjoy and who knows maybe wizards will recognize it someday um but to this day i stand by saying it's the best format of multiplayer commander magic um and maybe just multiplayer magic in general because honestly it it just it gives purpose and direction and eliminates most politics um, people because you definitely hate the politics. Yeah. Multiplayer games, people hate politics. The best thing we've always said about this version of it, despite whatever faults have come its way, is it eliminates politics. If you're getting attacked by somebody, there's no like, oh, why are you attacking me? Why don't you attack him? His board state. I mean, it's still there. It, it's, <laughs> I mean, it's only there in a limited capacity or if it's someone, true. if someone like, Someone we won't name by name, but if someone happens to make a completely ridiculous move, because we have a person on our group that always makes completely ridiculous moves, and it doesn't make any lick of sense, we might call them out. But for the most part, like, if you get attacked, especially if you're the sheriff, you just kind of know, like, okay, like, there's an agenda here. You know what I mean? The majority of the politics of what you encounter in a regular multiplayer magic game are just not there because you recognize that everybody has a purpose in the game and that they're playing towards that agenda and that purpose. They're they're not their moves are are, are a calculated decision and mm-hmm. you, and you weigh that as such and so you just sort of accept it. You take the tap um, and you're just like, all right, all right, fine. Like now I know who I'm going after. Like exactly. that's just it. Um, 
But, you know, it, we we mentioned a long time ago that we had decided to change the game up a little bit. We, wanna, the, we added a little bit more to it. Yeah, we, we, we had... Give it a little bit more spice. Right. We, we had um, flair, so to speak. Um, <laughs> I would say more than flair. Yeah, we... We added, we added rules to the roles, yeah. and we gave each role an effect. Um, just to kind of recap, the renegade effects are, are pretty much any time. And if you're looking for, if you've, this is the first time you've heard about this format of magic, um, you can look in one of our earlier podcasts where we mention it, um, or just check out the game Bang, and you'll sort of understand the basic concept of what we do with our Magic the Gathering. Um, but anyway, the Renegades have the most powerful abilities, and most of those abilities are done um, at any time that they wish. Uh, the next most powerful ability is the Deputies, who have sort of a medium ability, and usually theirs either happens on death or on a specific turn count. Um, and then there's the outlaws who almost specifically happen on death. And that was sort of the way it was. Yeah. Um, we had alpha tested it. I, I would say we're, we're past alpha. I would say this is like the beta test. I disagree. Yeah. You still think it's alpha? <laughs> I don't know. I would call it beta because we changed it up again. I don't know. I guess we're, I mean, we're still alpha like- 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And this version like, at this point, it's actually probably a version three. It's no, like zero no, point past that. I would say zero point three. I would say zero point five. Zero point five. Yeah, I would say it's the fifth iteration. Yeah, I would of, say. of this. Um, but anyway, we're not one point just yet. All right. So one point I would say is beta. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Um, but since the reason we bring this up is because we recently decided to change the game. So after our last meeting. Um, where all of us get together and we play the, this version of Magic, um, we just all kind of discussed the mechanics, and we all generally like it, but we just agreed that like something, there's some more balancing issues that needed to be done. Um, and a lot of that came with the Outlaws. Some of the Outlaws' effects just felt a little like rough, and certain effects of specific cards felt like it was like almost useless sometimes, depending on the circumstance. But I always say you should really pick your deck around your roll card, but that's neither here nor there. Neither here nor there. So we created a new mechanic. We being um, our, it was me and um, two of our friends, uh, Joe and Alex. Um, Joe and Alex have uh, a history of of modifying and creating and theorizing ways to improve games and magic specifically. Um, that's kind of a thing I think both of them would love to do would be game designers. And so the three of us, um, me and the two of them sat down after the fact. Um, it was late. It was like, probably like midnight or so. Mm-hmm. And we just sort of shot the shit and, and kind of just thought of them some new ideas. And what we came up with was a, uh, among among changes, general changes to certain cards, um, a new mechanic. Because we decided like the outlaws effects are fine in the beginning of the game. But one thing we realized is that if outlaws are on the lose, if, if, they're, if they're losing, if, 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 they're, if they're going downhill, their effects are so wimpy that they became negligible. They, they wouldn't change the game. It's really just like, a, it's, at some points, it's just a stone. And like, that's really all it is. And right. then like the, the sheriff and the deputies can be become so, so, so powerful. Like powerful and dominant. Right. Because, and then you're like, especially if someone's been, been slow to start, um, they just might not be at the point where they can actually contribute. Right. But, you know, so, so we try to balance that. Right. So we changed it up and we, uh, added a new mechanic called desperation. Uh, 
and how desperation works is now, and we were inspired by actually the um, saga cards of Dominaria is kind of where this idea spawned from. And the idea is this, that depending on how many outlaws have already lost the game will depend on what desperation you're at. So you start always on Desperation 1. Mm-hmm. And if an outlaw has lost the game, you would go to Desperation 2. And then if a second outlaw has lost the game, you go to Desperation 3. Desperation 3 being the most powerful. And now the abilities scale. Um, so we'll just give you one example just so you can kind of understand. So like the first one I'm looking at here is called the Wild Wild West. It's one of our outlaw cards. Uh, it says when you lose the game, flip this card face up. So if no outlaws have lost the game yet, it's just Desperation 1, which says choose two players those players may search their libraries for up to two land cards and put them into play those players then shuffle their libraries so it's not bad yeah. it gives it gives a little bit of mana advantage to the other outlaws and you're just like great so if you're fine. knocked out pretty early then yeah give a little boost a little boost desperation two. choose up to two players those players can search their libraries for up to two land cards and and one non-land non-creature card and put them into play shuffle their library so a little bit more powerful now that can be very powerful given the deck right um, and depending on the decks that you're choosing I mean a non-creature non-land card it's an artifact a lot of, that's an enchantment a lot of artifacts and enchantments out there I mean omniscience is an enchantment that's right that'd be a great card um, and then Desperation 3, choose two players. They may search their libraries for up to two land cards and two non-land cards and put them into play. That could be a game changer right there. It can be. Um, so that's the idea. The power scales if your side is losing, um, just to make those abilities a little bit stronger. Um, now, as all things, we have to test these and, and obviously balance them and make sure that they work well. Um, but for the most part, we, we, we like this idea. The idea that... Um, Desperation is going to help scale the Outlaws' abilities, make it a little bit more competitive. Um, The second thing that we decided on was slipping my mind right now. I was just thinking about it. It was deputies and... Oh, yes. Got it. You got it? Yes. So something that... was it? Something that started to happen (laughs) was in our games... Often we say we don't roll talk anymore. We don't. We we try to, uh, to the best of our ability. I mean, it becomes obvious at some points, but to the best of our ability, we try not to roll talk in the sense of like, what do you think this person is? Oh, I think this person is this. Or someone says like, I'm a deputy. I'm a this. I'm a that. We just don't talk about the roles. It's up to you to figure out who's playing what and just kind of understand the flow of the game. And for the most part, that's a very easy thing to do. The game sort of breaks down to a state where you know... Who's an outlaw? Who's a this? Who's a that? I mean, the, the, probably the hardest thing to, to discover is who the renegade is. Um, but even More then, likely. even then, that becomes apparent eventually, if not obvious. Um, if not, their hand is forced, right? Um, so, but but one thing that then started to happen is in turn because what it used to be was sheriff is going to attack you. No, I'm a deputy. I mean, anyone could say that, but eventually, like if you were the one helping the sheriff. It'd be clear that you're a deputy, and it's like, I'm a deputy. So instead, the replacement of that has kind of become where if your turn count is up and the sheriff needs to swing somewhere, and maybe the sheriff isn't sure if you're a deputy yet, you just quickly flip your deputy card, activate whatever abilities on it, and now the sheriff knows, oh, well, that's clearly my deputy because there's the there's the card. So another thing that we discussed, and we implemented, I think, one or two cards that that use it so far, but we want to implement more outlaw cards that do this, is... Deputy cards. No, outlaw cards. No, outlaw cards. We want, to, we want to implement more outlaw cards that punish the sheriff oh, yes. for deputy reveals. 
So the idea is now deputies have to kind of they can't just willy nilly flip their card because they don't want to get hit. If they're flipping their card, it's because they need they need to play that ability. Um, because it's a strategy, not because they want to prevent. There should be a little bit of fear in the deputies to say, shit, well, if I just reveal my card right now, like, yeah, it might save my life, but it might fuck the sheriff later. Um, might. Yeah. Like, let me see if I can find... I believe the card is, I shot the sheriff, but... Yes. ...is the uh, outlaw card. Uh, I don't know why you said color black. <laughs> um, when you lose... Well, because the- all the outlaw cards are colored border black. Uh, that's true. Yeah. Um... When you lose the game, flip this card face up, Desperation 1, the player who killed you loses 5 life, and if a deputy has revealed themselves, the sheriff loses 10 life instead. Which, in a game of Commander, if you're the first outlaw out, that 10 life probably is just a small small chink in the armor. Indeed. And then the second ability is Desperation 2, the player who killed you loses 10 life, but if a deputy has revealed themselves, the sheriff loses 20 life instead. If you're the second outlaw in the game, the game's been going on for a while, 20 life could be devastating. It's true. And then in a larger game, Desperation 3, the player who killed you loses 15 life, but if a deputy has revealed themselves, the sheriff loses 30 life instead, which is... Which can be... That could be the end of the game. That could be the end of the game. That could literally... I mean, granted, if you're at Desperation 3, the idea is that the outlaws are probably on the losing side right now. But if it's down to like a two-on-one battle or something, like that could be a game ender. It could be. It's true. Um, So the idea is that we wanted these cards to have the... To just be out in the pool. So deputies just aren't so willy-nilly about their flips anymore. Because really, they're the only ones that are. Renegades hold that information as long as they can, unless it's necessary. Outlaws can't flip until death. But deputies, really, once the turn count comes up, it just it like it's not always because of the strategy of the effect. Sometimes it's just because I want the sheriff to know. And you don't become a target for them or perhaps the other deputies. Right. So honestly, I, I like the idea. Um, I do too. Those are the those are the big mechanic changes. Um, I'm interested to see at our next play. Yeah, how it how so it all which, kind which of comes be coming out. up this uh, this month. Yeah, in like two weeks, three weeks from now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, moving forward. I know this is a long magic section, but it's the most we have to talk about this month. Uh, we'll we'll be quick with our next two topics. Though, I'm pretty sure. I agree. Global series. Uh, so Dave with, purchased uh, the Global Series deck, Planeswalker decks. Yeah. Jang and Moo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how would you say the decks turned out? Well, I guess they suck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look, I'm 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 not disappointed I got them. Um, they're really dual deck level decks. They're actually less than dual deck level decks, honestly, in my opinion. You get because, a Planeswalker, David. So you get Planeswalker and dual decks. Not always. But sometimes. Yeah. I mean... Planeswalker. Elspeth, dude, was in a Planeswalker deck. <laughs> I know. Elspeth versus Tezzeret. That was a... I know. That's a uh, huge dual I, deck. I understand. I mean, here's my issue with it. Um, first off, the walkers, they're not that great. Um, the green one's not bad. He's semi-okay. I feel like the new Planeswalker from the M19 says it's like... So te- much better. Heads and tails better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not disagreeing, but I'm just saying the green one is at least playable on a commander deck that runs creatures. Um, the blue one, however, I think is is just bad. It's, it's, she's just bad. Just bad overall. Because her ultimate. Her ultimate is like, hold on. She starts at five. Her ultimate is ten, and her ultimate taps your opponent's creatures and gives you an extra turn. 
Isn't that great, though? I mean, if you're running creature aggro and you want to free swing, but, like, there are easier ways to do that. I know. It's it's pretty wild. It's like in a blue... In, in like in a blue in deck? A blue and if you're deck. playing creatures, you're probably running red. And if you're running red, there's tons of extra attack cards. I mean, like, I can think of ten different ways that you can just do that exact same thing quicker and easier. It just seems like a strange choice, but... It's something they wanted to do. I mean, and I I love the art. Oh yeah, the art's art's really nice. The 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 cards, the the lands, even the land, beautiful. the cards that are specific to the set are really nice looking. Um, and there's only like three other rares in each deck, and two are the same. I you know his 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 rares aren't bad. They're not. Her rares are bad. They're not always hits. Um, Jang's rare, his duplicate rare, the one you have two of. Is a three drop sorcery, one green, two colorless, that fetches you a land from from your graveyard or deck, fetches you a land, and fetches him out of the deck. Yeah. That's not bad. Not bad at all. That's not bad for three mana, get a land, and get Jang into yeah. your hand. Why not? Purse is like five mana, and I think it like, I forget what it does. It searches her, but it does something dumb. I don't even remember. It wasn't even worth remembering. Um, all in all, am I glad I bought the decks? Uh, yes, because of how I bought them, which we'll talk about in a moment. Okay. Um, long story short, if I, if I had paid, I mean, I did pay. It's still technically money, so I did pay for this deck. But like in theory, I didn't pay for the deck <laughs> so honestly like am i glad i got it yeah i would have known i would have probably been upset if i didn't is it worth the 20 dollars i paid for it nah, debatable debatable indeed yeah which brings us to battle bond battle bond um not, so, not a review because we've reviewed it already but just specifically talking about the polls so you, you got a you two, boxes. two boxes of I battle did. bond um, how would you say you fared, David? I was I good God. <laughs> I was God level. I mean, first off, I mean, I didn't. I was said I was debating on whether or not doing the videos. Um, I did not do the videos of the crack uh, because I was too impatient, and I just wanted to open them. I opened You're the so first hasty. box, and the first thing I discovered, which was a great discovery, but also for a second I thought there was like some crazy happy mistake. I even messaged Jengus originally, and like almost immediately because I was freaking out. Um, I pulled the Planeswalkers. I play. I pulled uh, Rowan and Will, and I pulled them both in the same pack. Which is, you know, if you were to pull two Planeswalkers in one pack, I think you would freak out too a little yeah, bit. Yeah, and I and and I did. I was like, "What the hell?" Um, I thought I had some crazy mistake, and I texted Jengis, and I'm looking on the internet. I'm like, "What is this?" Um, lo and behold, it was not a mistake. I did not know this, but in the Battle Bond set, if you pull a partner, if it's a planeswalker, if it's or a creature, if you're pulling a partner, you get both partners in the pack. And it doesn't count towards the 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 sh- the spread of the de- of the pack. It, it does. It oh, counts it does? towards the 15 cards. Oh wow. Um but you yeah, if you pull one, you pull the other. But fun fact, apparently according to Joe, the same goes for foils. Mm. You pull one foil, you pull the other foil. Ooh, that's wild. Which I was just like, wow, that's neat. Um, 
But anyway, yeah. So my first in my first box, I pulled the Planeswalkers, which I was one of the things I wanted. I pulled the sudden reversal card or whatever it is, the one that saves you the game, which I wanted. Yeah. I pulled a land tax, which I wanted. Yeah, damn. Um, and I pulled some some lands, which I wanted. Uh, and some other things. And it was great. And I was like, oh, not a bad box. I pulled another true name nemesis, regular true name nemesis was fine. I'm like, that's like a twenty dollar card right yeah, now. I was like, no, okay. Good value. Um I was like, yeah. I was like, that was a solid box. I got mostly what I wanted. I I opened up the second one. I was honestly hoping for an academy or not academy, uh, arena rector and more lands and maybe even a doubling season. I didn't need another one, but I was kind of hoping to get one. I was even going to maybe give it to you. Um, yeah. Or give you one of my old ones to take the new one. Cause the new one looks real cool with the it Coliseum. Does. Um, but I didn't need one, but I kind of wanted one. Um, I opened it up. I got another land tax, another reversal, I got what I what I thought what I thought had boiled down to crap. <laughs> but lo and behold, but lo and behold, one of the cards I pulled was a foil true name nemesis, which I did not know, but was actually the most expensive card you can pull in Battle Bond. How expensive? Two hundred and fifty dollars. What? Or at least it was at the time I pulled it. it might have even gone up since then. I'm not sure. Um, but I, my, when I saw that, my jaw dropped, and I only checked the price randomly, like I, because I knew True Name Nemesis was a was a chase card for a while because it was only printed in that specialty commander set, and it was like a ninety dollar card. But I saw that it dropped down to like twenty bucks, so I was like, all right, so how much could the foil be? It's like it's probably worth something because it's the first time it's been printed in a foil manner. It's a crazy amount of money, apparently. and I was like, holy crap, it's two fifty. I put it up on eBay that same day, and it sold that night, and I was just like, <laughs> damn. I was like, all right, cool. People were um, thirsty for that one. Yeah, man. So I ended up selling that true name nemesis, and then by proxy ended up getting all the cards I wanted plus more. I got enough enough of the new cool lands we talked about uh, for enough for every deck that ran those colors, and I got the arena rector for my planeswalker deck. And then the rest of that credit went towards I bought a box of M nineteen with it, pre ordered it. I bought the global series with it. And some other stuff. You look confused, Jengus. It's still two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was awesome. Um, so that was a great pull, and honestly, like I was really happy with that. So I made out like a bandit with Battle Bond. Um, I made I made back everything that I paid plus more, and I didn't even really pay for Battle Bond because I used. I've I've been on eternal credit right now. <laughs> That's how I've been rolling because I just really haven't had enough disposable income to buy magic cards. So when I need more magic cards, I just pitch something and then get something. And I've been fortunate enough to be pitching things that like either I don't need or don't really want. Like, like I remember I pitched, like if you remember a while back, I pitched the Scheherazade. Yeah. And then when Gemstone Caverns jumped, I had like 12 copies of Gemstone Caverns. So I was like, I'll pitch a play set for like 120 bucks. Um, so I've just been rolling credit over like <laughs> the next thing. So if I can just keep this going, it's be great. I'm hoping I get like a foil. I don't know whatever the chase card is of M19. Escape Shift or Crucible. I doubt Bolus will go for that much. Honestly, uh, you would be surprised. I mean, maybe someone's gonna be like, "Oh, I want a foil he's, Bolus." He's trending high. Is he really? Yeah. What's he at right now? It's like forty-ish. Really? Yeah. Well, not that's non-foil. Really? Yeah. Weird, man. That's not a playable card. People want him, man. Oh, they want him for the lulls because he's Nicol Bolas. They want him because he's sexy. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, anyway, um, so all in all, Battle Bond pulls were great. Uh, 
that ends our very extended magic <coughs> section. Indeed. So now it'll go on to our little tiny D&D section um, where we had to like really struggle to figure out what to talk about. I mean, obviously, Unearthed Arcana is a given. Um, this month, Unearthed Arcana is giant sorcerers, but not actually giant sorcerers, mm-hmm. like giant soul sorcerers. Yeah, because generally the, the the concept of a sorcerer is that you have some kind of ancestry that gives you innate magical abilities. And in this case, giants is what they went with. Um, it's not bad. Each, you know, just I mean, like other things, it's just depend, nice. depending on the race of giant is depending on what small little it, boons you get and what yeah. spells you're going to get. Um, I was less than wowed with the with the big O's, the big the big abilities. Um, it's it, it it maxes out with two abilities. It, they're like a rage, uh, rage of like the what is it? Rage of the rage of the uh, old gods rage or of fallen Astoria. Yeah, and it's essentially you become bigger. You get slightly more giant like. You become large size if you're medium. You, one category larger. Which in turn gives you more hit points and more of a running uh, movement speed and just small boons throughout. And it lasts for a minute. And then your like big 18th level ability is like you get to do it twice in a day as opposed to once in a day. And they stack. And I'm just like, all right. Like, I guess if you really want to be a giant, if if that's if you want to work all the way to level 20 to become like a giant for two minutes, then you know what? You go. <laughs> do it. You, you do it. You live your best life. Um, if you want to do literally any fucking thing else, <laughs> then this class is not for you. This this is not the sorcerer you've been looking for. Uh, I, I don't know, man. Not the best on Earth Darkana. They're not all gems. I guess they can't be. But I just looked at it and I was it's just, just like... more player options. I, I mean, guess, that's really I, all it is. I guess when I looked at it, I guess my thought was like, are these people out there? Are the giant people out there? I would say so. Yeah, you think they exist? I mean, there's something for everyone. You know, some people want to be uh, some people want to be furries. Some people want to be. I was just about to say, some people want to be. <laughs> want to be cat people. Yeah. Some people want to be turtle people. Some people want to be some big bull people. <laughs> there's something for everybody, and you know what? There's the wonder of Dungeons and Dragons is that they always try to give you what you want. I guess, man. I just, I don't know. I'm disappointed. Um, <laughs> All right, yeah. Hercules. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so let me see if I can find what I did with this thing. Where is it? Oh, I got it. Here it is. It's over here. It's over there, everybody. Yeah, over here. You know, the place that you guys can all see. For the listening audience, he pulled it from a dark realm. From a dark realm. From a dark place. With dark elves. It's true. He pulled it from the Underdark itself. From an ancient abandoned home. So I'm sure you heard that dice sound, which always is a fun thing. We're going to do our next segment of... I don't know what that was, but that's my the best I could think of, the, you know, opening music for this, this segment. We really need to do something special for this. Do we? I mean, we do it enough, right? I suppose. It's our, it's our like, standard filler. <laughs> um, is the NPC... Random NPC, where we generate a name off the table from the original 5th edition uh, DM's the, the un- screen. The unfortunate thing is, we don't keep track of the previous NPCs we've created. Yeah. So if a name comes up for you devoted fans... But what are the odds of that? It, Rolling 3D20s and getting the same combination? You know, I just feel like those odds are really slim. Impossible. I guess not. But you know what? 
If we name another NPC twice, eh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it's still... And actually, the real... Here's the real thing. Because it's been so long, I don't necessarily remember what I've said before. So what would be really fascinating is if we got the same name again, and it happened to be the person that got it the first time, and the backstory was, like, almost similar. <laughs> like, I remember... The only one I remember, because uh, my wife started listening a while my back. My wife. Yeah, there it is. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> I think the only one I remember, because she specifically laughed at it for hours, was Turr, who was that, like, derp sorcerer who, like, you know, he was like, an, I think I named him as, like, an idiot savant sorcerer. Like, he couldn't tie his shoes, but he could cast a fireball. Like, you know what I mean? So good. Uh, so, Turr is just the only one I remember. So, if we get Turr again, I know to skip it, because we've already we've already honed in on him. Um, so, Jengis, here's your first one. Here we oh, go. Oh, cool. Let's see. The name is going to be... Mm, ah, Jen. A Jen. E. A Jenny. No. A Johnny. <laughs> no. A Jenny. A Jenny. <laughs> I thought it was a Jenid. Oh, a Jenid. Yes, excuse me. Pardon me. A Jenid. A Jenid. A Jenid. Hmm. Improv those. those yeah, things. I mean, I don't want to be like. I was Just like, do it. Just do All it. All right, Jenid. A Jenid comes from a uh, a a what one would call the jewel of the desert. <laughs> um, born into a merchant family, a Jenid uh, lived life bur- uh, burrowed deep in the politics of. This, this, the jewel of the desert. Um, yes, of course, the jewel of the desert. <laughs> but uh, but then his sand deep. But then the, the people, <laughs> the uh, the ruling council of merchants, uh, saw that Agenet's family was getting too big, and they didn't hold sway over them. So uh. they 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 captured them and imprisoned them and tore and then. Uh, Stripped them of their wealth. So, Agenid is now orphaned somewhat um, and penniless. And he has to find a way to get back at the Merchant's Guild and free his family. Sort of like a weird fanfic-y version of, like, Dritt and Artemis and Treary. I suppose. <laughs> like, it was sort of Artemis's background, but then, like, you had this weird family power thing where they get deposed, and that's sort of Dritz's background, so, like... But it's in the jewel of the <laughs> desert! <laughs> Which is nothing like the Underdark, but it is exactly like the desert that <laughs> Artemis came from. <laughs> but it's the jewel, David! <laughs> a splendorous city. <laughs> all right, all right. Yeah. Roll me up a name, Jenkins. Oh, jeez. Uh, here we go. Here I go rolling again. What's five? Ah. Ah. Do you want to do another? No. Nah, as long as I right. don't get jetted, we're good. <laughs> it could happen. Five again. Gran. Agren. 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 Sounds Japanese. I was going to say Gaelic. Eighteen. Agrenis. 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 Agenid and Agrenis. Agrenis is the twin brother. <laughs> Comes from the jewel of the desert. No. Uh, Agrenis? Agrenis. Agrenis. Um, 
A gratis. Excuse me, a gratis. Oh, that's different. Yes, it is. A gratis. Uh, a gratis is a halfling who grew up amongst elves and had little knowledge that he was a different species. <laughs> he always was raised um, very kindly by these uh, these wood elves and taught to be a member of the fair folk without actually being one. He assumed he had a birth defect, <laughs> that he was just small because he was small. And, and he, of course, he got made fun of by those who would do so. But even then, he, for the most part, lived a great life as an elf until finally, when he first ventured out into the world and met his other halfling um, counterpart, a friend of his named Jasmine. Oh. And Jasmine was very alluring to him because it not only was the first halfling he had ever met, but it was a female, a very attractive one at that. And so he learns all about what it means to be a halfling, only to discover that he was actually the byproduct of a quarrel oh, between God. a halfling um, sort of a barbarian-type group that had been trying to invade the woods of the elves. The elves defended themselves but did not wish for war. It was actually the halflings that sought out the blood. And when all was said and done, they had found uh, poor Granis and had decided to them as a way to sort of Almost like, in a weird way, paying for a war, paying a price for a war that they didn't even want, they decide to take pity on this 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 child that has no um, guilt or and no um, burdens of the war and raise it to be kind and just. And Agranis is shocked to find out that he is not a member of the elven race and decides to continue going across the world to not only discover more about his halfling heritage, but in addition to um, spread good as good was done unto him. Interesting. Yeah. That was a decent character. Yeah. Oh, and when playing that it character. Went places. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Jengus. Let's go with. Nothing. Okay. Followed by... Nothing. Ched. Ched. Followed by... Cheddar. Cheddle. Oh. <laughs> no, not Cheddar. Cheddal. Cheddal. Cheddle. C-H-E-D-A-L. Cheddal. Uh, uh. Ooh. Wait. Wait. What are they called? What are they called? Oh, my God. It escapes me. Githyanki. Githzerai. No, no. The bug people. The bug people? Yeah. Wasn't there a bug race? In like D20 modern? No. All right. Bug race in D&D. The Fomorians? Yeah, that's it. Ew. <laughs> I really don't remember much about it except they're bugs. <laughs> yeah, they're uh, not good. They're not good people. They're not good people? No. Oh, that's not a hero. Then let's. Pick. It doesn't have to be. It's an NPC. Okay. Uh, Ch- we've never, we've never had like the chieftain of a war army. We keep giving like good NPCs. Go that's, ahead. That's true. Chettle. Chettle. Actually, I think it was called a, a, a three cream. A thrycreen. Thrycreen. That's, that's it. it. Yeah. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah, bug people. Uh, bug people. So he's a thrycreen, um, but he lives in the underdark. Um, I don't know if Thry can come from the Underdark. Doesn't think, matter. He does now. I think they may come from the jewel of the desert. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, so Chettle uh, is an Underdark hunter. Mm-hmm. Um, 
he he's the kind of hunter you you know you don't want to find especially if you're in the underdark or especially if you're lost in the underdark uh Chettle, because Chettle knows the underdark because Chettle's lived the in the underdark his entire life mm-hmm. um so Chettle's the he's uh he has a uh he he kind of like allies himself with the local driders, um, maybe like outcasts from uh, an an old forgotten house, uh, forgotten drow house. But you know it was in such ill favor that they all were turned into driders and cast out from their city. Mm. Um, so he becomes like uh, allied with them, and he's the he's the scout of these these uh driders and he finds prey and alerts the the uh the pack and then they 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 come upon these you know unsuspecting pre- uh, unsuspecting adventurers or what have you and are uh and you know that's hey has an encounter hey there it is <laughs> but if you catch Chettle, which you probably won't before you get the bow <laughs> <laughs> you get the bow of the underdark no the um, bow of the jewel <laughs> of the desert <laughs> um, uh, you, yeah. you get the actual jewel yeah it's true of the desert <laughs> it's, a, it's a rare artifact it's an actual jewel it's what keeps it uh, he said they lived in the jewel of the desert he meant like literal jewel <laughs> Um, very small <laughs> but yeah that's Chettle nice Underdark Hunter Scout for Driders alright throw me one throwing you one here we go wibbity wobbity shibbity shabbity 18 18 is C C C or C nat 20 Sizen 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 or Sizen Oh, Sizen's cool. Three. Sizenic. Sizenic. Another Ooh. another possible. Another three cream. His twin brother. <laughs> from the jewel. Ooh, from the jewel. I'm just going to rehash this idea. Um, Sizenic. Interesting. Uh, Sizenic is a Githzirai. Oh. Yeah, Sizenic. He's a Githzirai monk. Um who has given up all of his earthly possessions and all of his prejudices and even against the Githyanki um, and has walked the path of a monk of... A monk? Yeah, as a monk of... Let's see, who's a neutral god? Ah... the undead god or not the undead Kelimvor? god yeah no who's the other one that Justin used to pray to all the time the um, the magic god that was like totally neutral and he would be oh, like Bokob was it Bokob I think it was Bokob I was thinking of uh, the god of luck but oh Timora no not that one the other one no oh. the the freaking weird gnome one like or, or oh, what the frick was his name because it was Pathfinder, I think. Oh, uh, Garl Glittergold? Yes, that's who. Um, yeah, no. I don't know. We'll go with Kelimvor. Sure, he walks the path of Kelimvor. Cezaric. Cezaric? Cezen? Cezenic. 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 I think. Maybe. Maybe it was 18, 20, and 3. 
Sizenic. Yep. Okay. Yeah. And he, uh, he, sure, he's a monk that walks the path of Calumvor. He gave up all of his earthly possessions, all prejudices and hatreds. And now he literally just goes out into the world with the sole purpose of restoring balance. Ooh. That's as all he much, wants. As much a, a monk of Calumvor would. Mm, yes. I don't know if Calumvor is the right god for it, but pick a neutral god, any neutral god. And he maybe he doesn't he maybe he doesn't even worship a god. He just worships the concept of balance. Yes, exactly. He likes the scales balance in all things, yes. just how it should be. Yes, he is. He's the monk version of Thanos. That is what I'm getting at. <laughs> um, and he is he is true neutral. Like he is. In fact, I like that a lot. Sizenic is yeah, like monk Thanos man. Like he just wants everything to be balanced. Um, and he'll go town to town. If he sees an one by one. He will balance it. He will. Um, if too much good is in the area, he will be evil. And if too much evil, he will be good. He will make sure there is a balance to everything. Um, which doesn't make him very popular. So he tends oh, no. to walk a very lonely Many path. Many a society lives on imbalance. And in fact, <laughs> you might even say he's been searching for certain ion stones <gasps> that would, in fact, yeah, like crazy, right? There's like a, there's like a good six of them. And um, there used to be five. Yeah, there used to be five, yes. <laughs> but in fifth edition, they added another one. Six ion stones. <laughs> and if he collects them all, he'll have all the power he needs to balance the scale. Of the universe. Well, at least of, of... Of the multiverse. Sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. Yeah. In a world. Sizenic. There he is. There he All is. right, you we're going to do one more each, um, but this time we're going to roll up a full NPC, because in addition to names on here, oh, they've God. also got characteristics, ideals, bonds, and flaws. Oh, Jesus. So I'm going to roll you a very specific NPC that you're going to have to tell me all about. All right. First, the name. The name of the NPC is Re... Re... Rahal. Rahal. Rahalan. 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 R-E-H-A-L-A-N. Rahalan. 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 Rahalan is... Rahalan speaks loudly or whispers. Okay. Um, he never goes in between. It's mm. either he's too loud or he's whispering. Um, he or she, Rahalan... Um, Rahalan is all about freedom. Okay. So freedom. Makes sense. Uh, Rahalan is bonded to, uh, is it first off, is Rahalan he or she is right now? Rahalan. What are you feeling? Let's say she. Okay. Well, she is bonded to her colleagues and compatriots. Of course. And her flaw is that there's a secret crime she hasn't told anybody that she's committed. Oh, damn. Yeah. That's cool. So Rahalan, once again, Rahalan speaks loudly or whispers. Um, it's all about freedom, which makes sense given the fact that she committed a secret crime that she's told no one about. And she is bonded specifically to her colleagues or compatriots. Tell me about Rahalan. Rahalan. <clears throat> What I like about Rahalan is that Rahalan, like I said, either speaks loudly or whispers. So that means Rahalan is either uh, extremely, like, melds perfectly into the background or is right in the front of everyone. Mm -hmm. So I think for that case, Rahalan is a ranger. Interesting. Um, because that way they could be up front or far away, mm -hmm. um, which kind of fits to that freedom mechanic as well, freedom part of her as well. Sure. Um a secret crime she committed. Uh, hmm. 
Let's say that Rahalan, I mean, the easiest crime is murder. Um, but, uh, but do I want to go that simple or do I want to be a little bit more? Um, let's say that Rahalan wasn't always a ranger. Um, let's say Rahalan started life you know, as like a normal citizen, maybe, maybe a member of a, of like a, a, a town guard or a militia. Um, but then through circumstances, maybe corruption, maybe it wasn't really, it wasn't out of malice, but she had to take the life of another. Mm. Um, and in doing so, she has been, Maybe someone very powerful and important. Mm. Maybe someone who was trying to hurt someone who she cared about. Mm. Um, and she had to run away from that town after that. And became a ranger. And you know, sought freedom in a different way. Maybe freedom from her past. Uh, ooh, I like that. Yeah. There you go. Nice. <laughs> Alright, Jengis. Roll me up something. Oh, jeez. Start with the D20. Start, Start with the, the name. All right. 3D20 rolls. 3D20 rolls. Here we go. Six. Six. Bet. Bet. Nine. Giggity. Bellum. Bellum. Four. Bellemi. 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 B E L E M A I. Bellemi. Bellemi. All right, what's next? Uh, I know. Sorry. L I M. L I M. Bellemi. Bellemi. Bellamai. Um, roll me a d20 for the characteristic of Bellamai. Three. Boorish. Oh, God. Next. Okay. And roll me a d20 for their uh, ideal. 18. 18 is people. People. All about people. All about people. Boorish, but really loves the people. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then d10. And a D10 for a bond? Eight. Valuable possession. <laughs> Who is this person? And then I got something. I got something. Another D10? I can a D12. D12? Six. Six? Prone to rage. <laughs> and, and then anything else? That's it. All right. Oh, Belemi. Go, go over it again. Yeah, so Belemi is boorish. <laughs> Um, is all about people, um, but is prone to rage and has, uh, is, um, bonded to a valuable possession. Um, yeah. Wow. Who is this person? Well, that's easy. Oh, Bel- is it? Yeah. Belemi is a half-orc. Uh. Half-orc comedian. Oh, God. Stand-up comic. <laughs> But the problem is he's also a barbarian. <laughs> okay. All right. He never learned the way in which manners are presented in in delicate company. He only he was the runt of his clan, um, a clan of half orcs. Oh. Um, they Ooh. were yes. That's rare. Yes. They were they they were packed together and they decided to become barbarians because of how outcasted they were in most cities. Because of the hatred of orcs and being half breeds, they just decided it was better to go off on their own. They created their own clan. And um 
he was a part of this clan, but he was like the runt. He was smaller than everyone else. Um, had kind of a high voice for an orc. More human than orc, or yeah. whatever the other half was. Yeah, maybe. But even then, it's just like very runtish. Um, so he leaves the clan. But he's only ever been with barbarians. So he doesn't societal know norms. societal <laughs> norms or manners. He just sort of is very brash and rude and boorish. Um, so being that he's already prone to rage from all of the... Um, a hideous mockery he's felt his whole life. There was this one moment that defined him where he, the first time he went into a town, he went into a bar, and his boorish manner, his 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 rudeness, his uncouthness was so hilarious to another patron who was drunk that for the first time he realized someone wasn't laughing at him to make fun of him. They were laughing at at what he was doing specifically. Not at him so much as what he was doing. Mm-hmm. So he did it more. And the, the gentleman laughed more until the gentleman was hollering. And he, he and, and for the first time, Belimai thought, oh my God, like someone recognizes me and is getting enjoyment from my presence. The man bought him around. And he, and he said, oh my, like, what is this? And in their drunken conversation that followed, the man, this this random human called uh, Roland, Roland, Roland told Belemai that he should become a stand-up comic. So Belemai dedicated his life to then going from inn to inn, bar to bar, being a stand-up comic. Oh my but God. he never announces that he's coming. And he just demands to perform. <laughs> and if they don't let him outright perform, he'll just come in and do it anyway. Um, he'll just get up on top of a table and begin a routine. And if people don't like his routine, he'll get violent and start to throw things. Oh, no. And and it, it doesn't, it's not always pretty. Um, but at the end of the day, what he wants more than anything is just bring people happiness. Aww. And and he loves when people come and laugh at his jokes. Um but he he does not like the reception he gets. So that is Belemi. Like him, right? Yeah, it's a nice NPC. Mm-hmm. See him at a bar, tip sure. him well, or sake. <laughs> Half orc comedian. Yeah, I like it. What's the deal with these tusks? <laughs> nice. Uh, all right. These breadcrumbs are making me thirsty. Lamnus bread, more like lame ass bread. Am I right? Elves, I'm right. <laughs> uh, Why man. aren't you laughing? <laughs> I think that does it for D and D. Yeah. Oh man, I want to keep going with Belemai's puns. That was great. All these D and D puns were coming to my brain. Uh, I like that lambness, lame ass comment. That was pretty good. Working into a character. Yeah, man. I might have made man. Belemai's a good character. There you go. Um, so that ends our D and D section. Uh, we're gonna move on. With the games that we reviewed this month, starting with not necessarily a board game. No. It's more of just a game that you play with friends. Indeed. It's Words (laughs) with Friends again. No. uh, Exactly. (laughs) Fuck that game. Um, Recoil. Yes. So I had no idea what this game was. Um, But Dave played it at a party recently. I played something similar. Not Recoil itself. Um, Our friend Rocco... Uh, recently had a birthday party and he invited um, a whole bunch of us over to partake in laser tag. Uh, he has these really $20, very cheap guns. They're very simple, but and yet they get the job done. Um, they are, uh, you can have like a different color coding when you turn it on. 
LED light will, you know, come on like either white or red, green or blue, you know, the basic, but basic digress, colors. That's not what we are talking about. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to get to what we're talking about. Ste- baby steps, All baby right. steps. Um, and <laughs> because I want to talk about both. Um, but anyway, long story short, um, I'll skip it because James is giving me a look. No, I'm not giving him a look. He's giving me a look. You can't uh, see it, but it's there. Who are you going to trust? Him or me? No. I'm right. All right. Am I right? Anyway, the point is it was laser tag. It was fun, and I wanted to also get my own version of it. I was going to just get the same one, actually. just going to buy a random gun and figure to play with Rocco or whoever else. But I also thought it was like, what if Rock was not around? Um, it'd be fun to play laser tag, and because I, I had a lot of fun um, out there, and I wasn't gonna like go out of my way to get it because once again, money's tight, this and that. But Toys R Us is closing. It is, and in most locations, already closed. Um, and as it is that way, they're you know have these ridiculous sales, and and things are cheaper. And I found this, uh, I found these laser guns called Recoil is the company, and Toys R Us was overpriced as is. So even with their sales, I had to make sure it was an actual deal, and it was because some of these guns are like sixty dollars, and I got them for like twenty. God damn! Um, in fact, I just know that I'm going to be getting more, and they were priced down to like eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. So I mean, honestly, that's a steal. They, they were priced to move. Yeah. They did not want to hold on. To they this did inventory. not. Want, they were taking whatever they could get. <laughs> um. So when I, and I now have, I will have sixteen um of these guns. And a, a couple grenades too, because they have grenades. Uh, but it's very simple. There's like a Wi-Fi base station. <laughs> like a handful of pistols. Yeah. Uh, there's a Wi-Fi base station. It puts out a signal. You connect to it with your phone. The phone has a dock on each of the guns. There are two types of guns: the Spitfire, which is a handgun, and the Rogue, which is like an uh, like an assault rifle. Um, you put your phone onto the dock. And you have, there are three sensors on the gun, one in the front of the gun and two on the sides of the gun. And then you have a back sensor that um, plugs into the gun itself and clips onto either your back pocket or if you don't have a back pocket, they recommend um, the back of your collar of your shirt. And that's for the the sensor if you're, if you're turned around. So you can't run away and hide your gun behind you. Exactly. Um, and the, there's an app, and the app connects to your gun via Bluetooth. Um, everything takes AA batteries. And then you connect to the base station, and you can set up an indoor game or an outdoor game. The indoor game is very simple. Uh, on, your, on your cell phone screen, you have a uh, counter of how much ammo you have. It shows you your reload time. shows you what player number you are, how much life damage you've taken. And you just shoot. And as per the name of the company, Recoil, these guns, unlike the ones I had played with at, with Rocco's, um, actually have a recoil effect on them. They have a pretty good force feedback. Yeah. And like the, the gun, like, chunk, 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 chunk. Right. Every time you shoot, it's um, pretty nice. And you can you can uh, you can set the different weapons. You can have an airstrike. Um, if you have a phone and no gun, you can still play. There's like a mobile command thing you can do. Um, that's the indoor, the outdoor game, which we tried to play, but we decided because the Wi-Fi base station was being a little nit- like nitpicky. But I also tried to modify it. It might have been my modifications that made it nitpicky. Um, Dave broke it. Maybe we don't know. We don't know if it's just bad or we're gonna we're gonna try again with a, with a one an un, one that's untouched. Um, but anyway, it ended up being where we uh, we shot each other outside. But the in in a perfect world, the outside version of the game has a GPS tracker, so you have respawn locations. Whereas the indoor is just timed respawn. And there's also like they have like 
loot containers you could find drops, yeah. yeah and you have to you like, get like boot uh, like uh bonuses like armor piercing rounds and fun stuff like that yeah um which is really neat sort of an augmented reality type yeah. game um and it's laser tag uh jenkins and i set it up in my backyard and when it was connected to the wi-fi hub it was neat but i also feel like i don't know if my the gun that i was using at the time was faulty i tried it indoor i'm just that good when i limited this one when i first tried it it was with the two handguns and it was indoors with my wife my wife. Thank you. And um, it ended up being, it was a lot of fun. I had no problem with the sensors. Outside with you, I felt like you were getting a lot of hits on me. But even though I was pointed right at you firing, like I feel like I wasn't landing any hits. I mean, outdoor Wi-Fi is pretty weird. Right, but that shouldn't be on the Wi-Fi. That should be gun to gun because it's light gun. Possibly. It's light gun technology. But I think like it would just be... I think because it would lose connection to the base station. You think maybe? But, could, but you didn't seem to have an issue. I did not. So I'm thinking maybe the gun might have been faulty. Maybe. Um, maybe different guns. But anyway, it's laser tag. And we played. We tried to play two games. We played one with the outdoor setting, one with the indoor setting. Um, what did you think? I liked it a lot. I mean, I haven't played laser tag in a long while. And I like the, like you said, I like the, for, uh, I like the feel of the guns. The heft. Mm-hmm. Good heft. Good feel when you shoot the reload is satisfying you just smack the bottom of it and like that reloads the gun that's pretty cool i should also mention there's a push to talk button on the guns if you have headphones and you can do a voice chat with your team you can set up teams with the app yeah they have like all kinds of like you know like sound effects um i like the the fact that it's not like completely tethered to you so like you have a bit more freedom of movement with the gun mm-hmm. so it's very like gives you that good feel of like yeah i'm shooting the gun pew 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 yeah <laughs> What about you, Dave? I mean, I liked it when it was working. I liked it more with Bevan when we played. Hey. I mean, not because of, I know. <laughs> it's just because the guns were working better. Um, but that was also with Base Station 1.0 and the handguns. I'm interested to see when we have when I get the other Base Station if it's if it's the modifications or mm-hmm. what. Um, because uh, the reason I modified it at all was I had read online that the outdoors people were having issues co- keeping connected to the base station, and one person said that the way that they that they um, uh, fixed that was they took out the cheap antenna that was in there and put in a, a stronger one. That's what I did, but I also don't know if I maybe can maybe I misconnected it or I, you know there's a hundred things I could have done that maybe made it not as great as it could have been. It's true. Um, so I'll try it with the regular and maybe eventually figure out a way to have a range extender that doesn't break it. Um, but when it was connected and when I was able to... It was really... It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Nice. Um, Do the handguns have the same kind of feedback? Yes. Cool. And also, if you don't want to waste the battery on the gun, there is a low power mode you can do on the gun that gets rid of that feedback and therefore um, conserves battery power on the gun itself. Hmm. Um, which I thought was nice that they it, give you that option. That is nice. Um, but I enjoyed it. And I would, I'm would. i looking forward to playing it again with a much larger group and hopefully with a working Wi-Fi router. Oh my God, that'd be so wild. Right? Yeah. I mean, imagine it with like. I mean, in terms of in terms of comparison, I think they both have their merits. I like the feel of these guns better, and I like the idea of the augmented reality better, and I like the force feedback better. But in terms of practicality, the other guns were more reliable in the sense that you don't have to worry about a Wi-Fi base station. So Rocco's version of the game was ready to go at all times um, and didn't require the the in between, um, so you didn't have to worry about losing a connection. But at the same time. Those guns, I feel like, were like, I mean, they're light guns, but like, the further you went and the more we used them, the less 
accurate they became. Mm, I could see that. Um, like it took a while to shoot somebody. <laughs> like, you know, I was popping off shots like crazy and getting maybe one hit here or there when I should have gotten like 10. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so all in all, I mean, it's kind of just preference. I, I bought this simply because it was, like I said, it was a steal. Um, it was like an absolute steal for the price that I was getting these at. Uh, and there's also, like I said, they have grenades, which do like a all around 360 degree field of, <laughs> of bang, um, which is neat. It is neat. Uh, I'm looking, like I said, I'm looking no, forward to playing no painful it. welts like when you have Airsoft. <laughs> yeah. So all in all, for a group game, I mean, laser tag, great. Yeah, recoil, two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. Well, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a tentative one thumb up. I'll give it the second thumb if the base station 1.0 works better. I'll, I'll follow suit with yeah. that. If it stays the same, one point, one, I'll give one thumb up just because the base station is definitely the, that is the make the or limiter, break. Yeah. yeah. Um, following it up, we played Boss Monster. Yes. Jengis, you want to talk Monster. about it? It was your first time? It was my first time playing. I've always seen it, but I've never played it as many expansions. Boss Monster is a card game in which you create a dungeon uh, for your monster and have heroes try to raid it. Um, The object of the game is to either kill 10 heroes. uh, Kill 10 heroes. Well, collect 10 souls. Collect 10 souls, I'm sorry. Some heroes have more than one soul, um, especially if they're an epic hero. Uh, and you have to do that before you get five wounds. Some heroes inflict more than one wound. Um, Primarily epic heroes. Yes. So the way that works is uh, you have two kinds of cards. You have room cards and you have spell cards. Room cards uh, all are either a basic version or advanced, and they generally have like an attack value and sometimes a special ability. Um, the attack value is what damages the heroes as they progress through, and uh, the... The abilities have a wide range of things that they do. They could do all kinds of things. Um, They also have a loot type. Uh, The loot type is what attracts the heroes. Heroes are attracted to one specific loot type. Right. So if the heroes that end up popping out of the hero deck, because you pull a certain amount, uh, one per player uh, in the game, you, you, you draw every turn. And let's say, so Jenks and I are playing, we draw two heroes. Let's say they're both fighters and they have swords. Um, Jengis has three swords among all the loot in his dungeon. I have two swords. The heroes are going to go to his dungeon. That's right. If we're tied, the heroes don't do anything. Um, sometimes the heroes are the same type. Sometimes they're different. Maybe like one's a fighter, one's a mage. And maybe I have more spell books than Jengis does. So the mage will come to me. The fighter will go to Jengis. Um, if they survive, you get the wound. If they die, you get the soul. Exactly. Um, so that's the... That's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. You could build rooms uh, to replace other rooms. Maximum go, five rooms at a time. That's right. And sometimes the, the advanced rooms upgrade rooms, but they have to share a loot type with that room. Yes. Um, and the epic heroes... better abilities. The epic heroes come out after all the basic heroes are, are done uh, going through the dungeons. And the epic heroes are not only have more souls and more wounds, they're also usually more powerful. And I think some even have effects. So honestly, they're, they're, they're big. They generally um, are used to speed up the game towards the end, the mm-hmm. conclusion, one way or another, yep. uh, if the game is taking too long. Um, all in all, uh, it's great art, cute art. But it's 8-bit uh, you know, pixel art, which is really nice. Uh, I enjoy card games just because they're a bit more portable than a board game, mm-hmm. a traditional board game. So you can kind of play it wherever you want. 
Um, and there's this once we knew what the mechanics were and we had it down pat, which didn't take long. It yeah. took about 10 minutes of the first game of reading the rule book. Rule book was very, very, it was easy to follow. Yes. Um, once we got it, it was quick. It was like boom, 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 boom. Um, you know, then we can mix in strategy and like try to, you know, weasel our way to victory. Yep. Um, uh, I really enjoyed it. Uh, we, from what we played, I, I would love to see it played with more people. Me too. Um, I'd be curious to see because a lot of, there is a fair amount of interactivity in the cards. Um, not all of them, but some of them are like, you know, discard this to make someone discard a room or, or, uh, when you play this card, the opponent, you know, discards a card at random and everything right now is very focused on each other. Whereas with a group, there's more of a strategy to it. Indeed. You can kind of find one person who's doing really well and take them out. There's also more heroes then with more players. Mm -hmm. So things kind of will spread out more evenly rather than being like you get two, I get zero or you, you, we both get one. Right. You know, that's really all we got (laughs) or nothing happens because we're tied and a huge wave of heroes come by. Um, you know, it'd be nice to see, you know, for a bit more variety uh, with more people. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Uh, all in all, what what about you, Dave? What are your thoughts? Sim, I mean, exact same portability is great. You play it anywhere. Setup time is, is almost nothing once you know the game and learning the game itself is very, very simple. Um, so all in all, for me, it's it's a two thumbs up game. I would also give it a two thumbs up game. Nice. Um, I'm sure it's very. Uh, I'm sure you got it with credit. Um, but I, I, I didn't get it with credit, but I got it. I I bought it a while back when Wild Pigs closed, so I don't know the actual retail price. Um, but I bought it for like five bucks. Oh well, it's not five bucks. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder it, if it says in the box. It, pro- it probably does have the MSRP on the box. Uh, also, uh, if you if you uh, if you like to collect digital board games, this game is also available digitally as well. Um, oh, really? Yes. On the iPhone? Um, maybe I'll check. Um, but do you have a price, David? No, there's no price on the box, but I'm assuming it's like fifteen to twenty bucks. That's that that sounds game. about right. It is a card game. There are no like pieces. So it's not like uh, a super crazy. It is not available on the iPhone as far as the iOS store that I can see. Um, but yeah, but it is available digitally. I think it's PC. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, check it out at your local uh, game store, I yeah. would say. And uh, just to round out a final comment with our podcast for the month. Finally, finally, the rock, rock has, has come, come back, back to Dave's basement. It's <laughs> uh, awesome that we both thought of the rock. Um, but honestly, finally, Gloomhaven arrived. It only took the better part of a year, but it arrived. Um, it is still to this day the number one trending game on and reviewed game on BoardGameGeek.com. And it's still all the rage, and and people are are talking about it. Um, I finally got it, and they were not joking about this box. The this box, box is huge; it weighs twenty two pounds. It it's bigger than bigger than I really expected. <laughs> yeah, and like I don't, I feel like I sent pictures to Jengis, but I feel like pictures don't do it justice until you see it. And it's like, damn, this game is it's really chest. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm really excited to play it. We've talked about it multiple times on the podcast. Um, hopefully, 
I don't want to make any guarantees because I feel like every time I talk about something that we want to do, it almost like jinxes it and makes it not happen. But I am going to say that hopefully we will have at least played a, a game of Gloom, of Gloomhaven before our next podcast for August. Um, but I'm not going to put any guarantees out because every time I do, that's like the nail in the coffin. Um, but I do own the game now and I'm very excited to play it. Very excited to see where it goes. I'm going to have to play it twice because um, I have one game that I'm going to have to do the campaign with uh, with my Time Stories group. And uh, and then I want to play with you. So I'll have to keep those games separate somehow. Um, somehow. I think our game might have to just be like the, we'll write it down, temp game. And that game will be like the, the perma stamp. I understand. Um, Unless I get my own copy. Oh, that'd be awesome. Because <laughs> then, then we wouldn't have to. You should do it. Actually, fun fact. And uh, this is also for our viewers. The other day I read. I don't know if it's still this way. I'm sure I could check. But Amazon had a price cut on it, the lowest it had been forever. I mean, granted, you don't know when you're going to get it, but it was down to like 130, which, considering I paid closer to 170 for it, that's a huge price drop. So if you were going to pick it up, Jengis, now would be the time to put out that credit card and just eat, bite the bullet because I don't think it would ever drop below that again, um, considering how hefty it is and how how much in demand it is. I'm checking right now. It is. It is still on Prime for 133 Wow. Um, and supposedly is in stock and will ship in two days. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you say so, Jeff Bezos. Yeah, right. So if you were going to get it. Now's the time. Now's the time. That would be awesome if you did. That would be that. That would solve all my issues. Um, all right. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. I just get really excited about nothing. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it for us. For that's the, it for July, man. Happy Independence Day. Yeah. Whatever the hell that means. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> what is that? I can't get political once in a while. <laughs> yeah. There's two thousand children mm-hmm. of the border that are imprisoned right yeah, now. You're right. Oh, we're getting fucking deep now. Yeah, you're right. Oh yeah. Happy Independence Day. <laughs> That's a way to end the podcast. Yeah. Didn't put a good taste in your mouth, did it? Enjoy that burger, everybody. <laughs> Enjoy your juicy burger while those children are suffering. Thanks. Bye. Enjoy your podcasts. Bye. If you liked this episode of You Shall Not Pass Go, please subscribe. Our episodes are monthly, and you can find this and many more podcasts on geekade.com. If you'd like to share your opinions about the topics of the episode or you just want to say hi, email us at ysmpgcast at gmail.com.